0: The NAPO 2020 Annual Conference is April 2nd through the 5th, 2020 in Orlando, Florida. Attendees can customize their conference experience by choosing from dozens of sessions while connecting with over 500 like-minded professionals from around the world. New this year, Live from NAPO, an opening program to remember, laser coaching sessions, and a special attendee-only conference achievement. Learn more and register today at napo2020.net. Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, Growing in the Organizing and Productivity Profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Hello, listeners. Sarah welcome to
1: another episode of Stand Out, the podcast that is all about growing in the organizing and productivity industry. My name is Sarah Karakayan. I am a professional organizer and I am also your host. Today, we're going to talk about something that I feel... All of us listeners are kind of like, cause I consider myself a learner and a listener of this podcast too. Every episode I learn something and I feel like if someone had asked me, Hey Sarah, is your business backed up? Is your life backed up? And you're like, well, I'm an organizer. Like, of course it is. Like I've got my stuff together. But if I really think about it, like how many, do I have a backup for my backup? Do I have ways to protect myself from cutting off? access to an employee or a 1099 should we decide to move on and apart? Is my business at a point where if I wanted to sell or close it down, I could do so without having to like get all the parts and pieces together to do so? If I'm being honest with all of you, probably not. So I just want us today to think about what all that means. Even if this is way down the road for you, it's good to know beforehand different things you can do to really back up your life and back up your business. And lucky for us, we have the perfect expert here today to share with us how to do that. Today, we have my personal friend. We were members of Napo New York together back in the day. Annette Adamska's career has evolved from stage management, where she managed over 40 productions, including off-Broadway theaters and London and Galloway tour productions, event management, where her claim to fame included managing Andrea Bocelli's Concerto, One Night in Central Park, as well as multiple years on the Victoria secret fashion show to helping a busy nonprofit communications department run smoothly. One thread remained consistent for Annette, helping people understand what they want and making sure it gets done. Annette Adamska is the founder and CEO of Back Up Your Life and Back Up Your Business, using her tried and true methods, helping individuals, couples, and business owners of all sizes with planning, preparation, and peace of mind when it comes to the details and documents of their lives and or... Businesses. And it helps entrepreneurs and small business owners get their business information out of their head and out of code and into a personalized blueprint so they can effectively delegate, scale, sell their business one day, or I don't know, finally take that vacation. Annette now lives with her husband and two fabulous felines in Durham, North Carolina. Adamska has been a proud member of NAPO since 2014. She's been featured in media
2: globally from the United States, Canada, Italy, and India. Annette, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. It's so great to be here with you. And it feels like old times in a way.
1: It does feel like old times. You and I used to sit at the Napo New York meetings and just say, ah, we get each other because you're in the theater. I was in the theater at one point and we both loved organizing
2: and productivity. And it was just always good to see your face at those meetings. Likewise. And for anyone who says that the arts aren't got a good foundation, I feel that between teamwork, collaboration, and having a deadline of making something happen, it's actually one of the best foundations you can have in any realm of business.
1: Oh my gosh, it really was like my post college career just working in New York and getting all that my life figured out within the theater industry and all that kind of good stuff. So so yeah, and I know that you are super passionate about back up your business and back up your life. So, I kind of gave our listeners a little background of your theater management experience and your event management experience, but Tell us why Back Up Your Life and Back Up Your Business is so important to you and why you started it.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much for that. Well, in 2015, after just leaving Brooklyn to move to Durham, my mom had a catastrophic accident while traveling overseas that resulted in quadriplegia. So everything definitely got taken for a bit of a tailspin in my life. And I got on a plane and I didn't know what the future would hold. And I was the one managing my mom's care for three and a half months, getting her back stateside until she passed later that year. You know, strokes did their damage. But I learned being on the front lines. And fortunately, my stage management and professional organizing really helped me in that moment because I was definitely better equipped to manage all the information and the details that I needed to get together. I loved my mother but she did not have any of those documents that people should have just every day, right? You're talking power of attorney, we're talking your will and your medical directives. So I was starting with nothing and my mother had her passwords, but they were literally written in code in a notebook. So fortunately, she was coherent mentally at the beginning. She was totally great. So I was able to be like, okay, mama, can you please tell me what these things mean? So it made sense to her But I literally had to be able to start from scratch to really build and to understand my mother's everyday life because I basically became the one to make sure everything was managed to keep the lights on, (laughs) metaphorically, and to make sure she had what she needed. Because of that, I needed information and data. And in the experience of managing her care and dealing with the joys that is health insurance and HIPAA, I was just trying to figure out what sort of insurance coverage she had and what was available to her back stateside. And they wouldn't talk to me because I didn't have access. So even after I faxed information to them, you know, with my mom's signature that I had to help her with, So then managing her insurance company and having the HIPAA form signed that I helped her with, you fax things in and you might consider something urgent, but unfortunately, insurance companies don't feel the same way. So having a lot of logistical battles and so much of what I felt that I was doing was fighting for information to be able to help my mom. And looking back, I was doing so much of that fighting. It meant that I had less bandwidth and I spent less time with her. I was able to spend a great deal of time with her, which I was very fortunate to. But again, I really realized whether between after her accident and then after her passing, there was so much information that if I had had some of it, it would have made my life so much easier. And what I like to tell people is that there is nothing that can make grief any better, but there are things that can make it worse. And I've definitely met people in the work that I do. And I see this like look in people's eyes when they've been through it because they get it. (laughs) It's one of those unfortunate things that you don't know what it's like until you experience it. And you can just hope, and I know I've spoken with people where they have family members where everything's been taken care of. They have all the information. So they're able to just be there with their loved ones and then be able to grieve, which is such a beautiful gift to be able to give one's family. And through back up your life then i realized there was a whole other realm of people to be able to connect with and that was business owners because when you talk about your life i feel as entrepreneurs and business owners it's like you're doubling the circle like you have everything you think about in your everyday life and then you have everything you think about for your business right because you know it all and most of the time it's all in your head so what i try to do is help people Make sure that they get stuff out of their heads, so they can use their you know, brains for thinking and not for remembering, which our colleague Emily Parks loves to say. I've kind of taken my own spin on that. And to really be able to do the things that they do well and not have to worry about all the little details, which we wanted to spend our time to be able to do what we do well. So listeners, I want to break this down for you because I like what you just said back up your life
1: and back up your business. So for our listeners, whether you yourselves, you own your own organizing or productivity business, or you want to someday, or you work for someone else, back up your life is something that you can bring to your clients. So Annette, I want to make sure you and I talk about how we can approach our clients to talk about this sensitive subject of, you know, how can we prepare you for Anything, you know, whether mm-hmm. that is death or maybe you want to be able to move across the world, whatever that could be for you in your life, how we approach that sensitive subject with our clients and offer that as an added service and benefit to working with. You know, your organizer, productivity specialist. And then of course, let's talk about backing up your business and doing so holistically. So like you say, I'm going to list these for a net right here, external hacking. How can we back up your business within your team so that if your Mm -hmm. team changes and evolves over time, it's very easy for you to grant access and then limit access again. And then of course, what if something happens to you or you want to sell your business, making it ready to do so? So let's start with back up your life for our listeners, clients. And how can we approach this with our clients in a sensitive manner? Is it something we just kind of see if they come to us for needing? Do you just put on your website and see who says they need it? How can we do
2: that? I think there are definitely really different opportunities to do it. For myself and the organizing I do, I specifically do back up your life and back up your business. I don't necessarily do as much hands-on organizing. However, if you are hands-on organizing, you are into some of the most intimate places and items of someone's life. So a lot of times people can have different interesting conversations with you. You hear about their lives. So I feel that as a hands-on organizer, you have a really interesting opportunity To have this conversation. And I do think generally, if if you are someone who's interested in this, I think a really great way is to initially take the lead of your client, right? Because perhaps there might be a certain situation that your client is going through or maybe a family member or perhaps a friend of theirs. And that can be a great entryway to have that conversation, right? If there might be a medical situation. So I think it's being sensitive to that and seeing how they respond. this is something people don't talk about, And they really won't. If anyone is ever at that point, I always have in in all parts of my life, I have the, you can say something once and then I'll never talk about it again. So you can say to someone, hey, I'm saying this because I think this might be a value. These are the things that could be really important for you to be able to go through and Then that way they get to know Mm -hmm. that you are there if they ever want that from you. If you keep bringing up the topic, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. But of course, there might be other people where they need. But I'm just saying specifically for myself, everyone can find what version works for them. But I think for a lot of people, what I've spoken with, they've really figured out or they've had a situation where they've had a loved one go through this and they didn't have the information. So a lot of it is people wanting to make sure that their loved ones are cared for. Like I say, it's like the best way to say, I love you. So for some people, that is the avenue. It is either for their family, for their spouse, for their children, for their parents, for their friends. Again, You know, nothing makes grief easier, but there are things that can make it worse. So how do you make sure people have the information that they need to be able to fulfill your wishes? And then no matter what happens, there's no guessing games. I think also what happens is people make assumptions. They assume, oh, you know, my sister knows what I want. If you had a conversation 10 years ago, your sister probably doesn't recall all the details of that. (laughs) So the really value and benefit of having this information documented, and then also in cases of larger families, this is a situation where a lot of disputes can happen and there can be a lot of conflict because emotions can be high if there's the situation as a medical incident, an accident, or someone's passing. So it's really that thing be so valuable to do that preemptive work ahead of time. I may have gotten a little bit us off the topic, but...
1: (laughs) No, I think that's so good. Because when I don't know something as a business owner, but I think my clients would benefit from this thing that I don't yet know as a professional. So listeners, if you're out there thinking, okay, I can see the value in this. I would love to help my clients organize their home. And then once it's organized, say, here's another layer of organization that we can do. I would think, okay, how can I learn and also then share that information with my clients? And I'm I'm thinking blog posts i'm thinking newsletters like as i learn i can share this information in my monthly you know touches with my clients or prospective clients or social media followers and saying hey i'm diving into this as another way that i can help you get organized here's what i've learned and then you're kind of getting them thinking too without having to necessarily always have the awkward conversation one on one so would you say that's a good way to put it out there that you are starting to think about this level of organization now too as a professional?
2: Absolutely. And then it's also a great thing to then start to do for yourself, right? Because I feel like you said for yourself. Everyone can have the appearance that we all have our things together, but sometimes we're just like any other business owner and that's okay. Just having that radical acceptance of like, part of that is just what entrepreneurship looks like. But then it's choosing, how do you move forward? And how do you make sure you have the information that you need to do your job well and to set your company up for success no matter what life throws your way? So good. Okay, let's
1: take a really quick break. We're gonna hear a message from Napa, but when we're back, I now wanna transition into back up your business because I think that's a really good time to transition from your life to your business and thinking holistically as the listener right now, if you're in the car or have your your earphones in, how can we make sure, although yes, you are organized. Is it backed up and is it easy to share when necessary and also to cut off when necessary? So we'll be right back.
0: The Barry Isaac Gloria Schlaer Conference Scholarship Fund was established in 2012 to provide financial assistance to qualified NAPO members to attend NAPO's annual conference. The scholarship provides the recipient with a complimentary full conference registration plus basic hotel accommodation for two nights. Make a difference by donating to the Scholarship Fund today at Napo.net slash scholarship.
1: Okay, we're back with Annette Adamska of Back Up Your Life and Back Up Your Business. And we're having a conversation about the first part of this interview was as an organizer, as a productivity specialist, knowing when it's time to maybe bring this up with your clients and even for yourself as you're learning what things you can do to make sure that if anything should happen to you or a family member, you can spend time with your family member or what have you, and not have to worry about, like you said, Annette, insurance companies making you a priority or not giving you the information you need. You know, I know what happens if you don't know how to access family photos from a loved one who is now gone, like things like that, that we just don't really think about it until the time is here. But let's talk about backing up your business. So I love how you have a holistic approach to this, Annette. So you have external hacking, you have within your team, and then, of course, if something happens to you or you want to prepare your business for a sale. So can you break those three things down and talk to our listeners about what they can do to back up their business holistically.
2: I think when it comes to external hacking, it's this deluge. And I don't know about you, Sarah, but some of the phishing scams and everything have gotten so much more uh, sophisticated in the past even five years. I myself almost got duped by an email scam talking about my Squarespace needed to be renewed from my website. And I'm like, I did that last month. And then I think part of it is, are you a really savvy consumer? So for instance... I saw something that looked legitimate, right? When I clicked on it, it looked like it was came from Squarespace and it was something that would be due. But then I looked closer, right? So you click and you look at who the from address is. And usually it's not actually a legitimate email address from Squarespace, for instance. So that's just like one tiny way of when things show up in your inbox and you're trying to figure out, okay, Is this secure? Is this safe? And of course, the basics of if you receive an attachment or a download from someone, are you expecting that? There are definitely times I've received things where I text someone or I email someone saying, Hey, I got this email. Like, did you actually send this? I feel in this day and age, you know, being mindful and also just being cautious is okay, right? So I think if you are not expecting an email with a link from someone, check in with them, see if that's actually meant to be for them. And then there are, of course, some of the basic pieces of making sure that your items can be as secure as possible. Okay, well, what does that mean? So I think what is really important is to be able to use two-factor authentication. So for those not familiar with it, it means if you log into one of your accounts, like let's say I log into my QuickBooks account, I get a text message with a code that I have to enter to prove that it's me. So it makes sure that no one else is actually Going into the account, even if they did get the password, right? They still need to add this little extra piece of information. So, that's another way that just add an extra layer of protection. It's important to have passwords that are secure and also different. Long gone are the days when you can have one password for all of your accounts. <laughs> yes. This may, or may not have been how I handled things in college, right? But that was a few years ago. So, I think it was really important. And I know there are some people who have a strong reticence to password managers. And the way I look at it, there are risks that we approach in our everyday life. We have risks walking down the street, we're in a car, we're online. There are all these options. And I think it is important to be using password managers only because it is so much easier to be able to live your life every day more efficiently and easily with a password manager. Right? You don't want you to be able to live your everyday life to be this Onus, right? And to just be this rock around your neck. These things don't work in the real world. We're out every day. We're on our phones. We can maybe be logging in elsewhere. So, how can you be as protected as possible? So, what I love about password managers is that they create incredibly ridiculous passwords on your behalf. And you can have ones up to 60 characters long, right? Like my email password is, I believe, 60 characters long, lowercase, uppercase, symbols, and numbers. Nothing I could ever actually realistically remember myself. But within that, I have one master password that unlocks all of those pieces, right? So I have things in a place where I can have access to things if I need it. And then also the bonus is that other people, if you were ever to give them that access, would get that information as well, right? So we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But as far as that external hacking piece, having these unique passwords is really important. Remember, the main thing is you just have to be harder to hack than someone else. You know how we talk in in organizing, people go for the low-hanging fruit to get some good results. That's what hackers are going for too. They're going for the low-hanging fruit. So if you make
1: it a little bit harder for them, they're probably going to pass you by and go for the one who maybe doesn't have the 1234 password for everything.
2: Another way that people are getting access are by old email accounts that you no longer use or through old online accounts that you also don't use. So you might want to take a moment and maybe do an annual review and just see what am I using because I have a login to everything. It's a little bit insane. But then what do I actually use and what do you potentially shut down? Because unless you're monitoring it regularly, you can't tell if someone's re-signing into or recreated accounts With your old email and being able to get access that way, right? Again, they're going for low hanging fruit, but they've also kind of upped the game as well. So I feel if you're able to do anything you can on these few fronts, it can make sure that you are again as secure as you can possibly be. I love that. Okay, let's talk about within your team. How Yeah. I have two
1: team members and I love being able to share with them things that will make their jobs easier, which will make all of our jobs easier, which make our clients' life easier, right? But at the same Absolutely. time, I have that in the back of my head, not even if I'm not even thinking like doomsday, but let's just say they move on to a different Job opportunity? How can I make sure Mm -hmm. that I hate the word cutting them off, but (laughs) blocking access or removing access? Well, how
2: do you cut the cord, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think this is something that can be applicable to people if they're working, you know, with independent contractors or employees. And I think what's really important to think about and is to remember because, again, you do want people to be able to do their job well. Let's say if you're creating graphics in Canva, if that's part of their job, you don't want to have to tell them 15 times what it is. One thing that I really love about password managers is a lot of times what you're able to do... Well, there are two options, right? I think the ideal option is you're able to set up your employee or independent contractor with their own login in to the program, right? So whether that be QuickBooks or if you use Harvest, if you use... there's so many tools. We can go through the laundry list. Right, yeah. But if they have their own access to it, and if you have to invite them to a platform... That means you can then uninvite them. And I think what's also important is to make sure you have documentation somewhere of where does your employee or independent contractor have access? Because I think we forget because there's so many things that we have. It's kind of insane, right? If you think about it, because also some things you might use might still be linked to your own personal email account, right? And you just might share a password with a team member because, again, you want them to get in there and it to be easy. So, on the one hand, if they have their own login, then of course you can always uninvite them. So, that's a very easy way to kind of cut them out or shut it down. And then the other way is to be able to share passwords within a password manager. So, in that case, what you're able to do is you're able to tell the password manager, and this is usually a paid feature in most programs, you say, hey, you are allowed to share this information with this email address. So, what that means is that that other person can then log into let's say your Canva account, on their computer, but they can access your username and your password. So they're able to do the things that you need them to do. And you are not the connection, right? You've removed yourself from that piece and they can do what they need to do for you. So then if for whatever reason someone chooses to move on, perhaps there's someone that it just didn't ended up not being a good fit. If you have listed all the places they had access, you can then just uninvite them. So you can literally cut the cord by saying, this information is not shared with them. And if you've just shared a password with them, what you can then do is make sure you have all the sites that you can just change the password for so they can no longer get into it. Because if they have the wrong password, then they can't get in. For example, let's Google Drive. So if I want to share a folder
1: or a file with a 1099 or a W2, I can either give them a shareable link... Or Mm -hmm. I can put their email into the folder or file and share it that way. And what I've noticed is I can't really take away the link unless I completely like create a new document copy and paste it over. But I can delete an email address from adding it. Even those little decisions on how you share will make a giant difference on if you ever need to change access.
2: You've totally nailed it, Sarah, especially with the thing of if you have a link where anyone can get to it. Well, then that also means if they share it with someone else, they can also get to it. And sometimes you might have a situation because there are times people have a lot of... I don't know about you, but I have an incredible amount of email addresses. So depending on what you're logged into in what server, it might say you don't have access to it. So then you have to make sure that you then... Maybe you're just inviting yourself from all your different accounts because then if you're logged into your personal account, you could still access something from the work side, but it'll save on the work account. So again, there are all these things. We have these really complex digital lives now. So how do we make sure we can get what we need, but then if someone needs to not have access to change that, but then not make the entire document moot, for example, if you then need to kind of unshare it to everyone?
1: Right. So good to think about. And I know we're all in a hurry to make things easier. But you really, as business owners, we really need to be cautious about this just so we can protect
2: ourselves a little bit. Absolutely.
1: So then what are some things we should be thinking about that if something happens to me and I am not here tomorrow and my husband, who's my business partner, needs to carry on my portion of the business, or I want to sell someday and I want to make sure that it's not this hard thing to do. What are some things that we can do to prepare ourselves for those situations?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, I love for people to think of themselves. The visual that I think of is spoke in a wheel, right? So that spoke is that inner peace and it really connects everything. And I think we all make assumptions that we're always going to be here to be able to make those connections. So it's really taking a look at what if the spoke was removed? Being a little bit less cryptic, I like to say, perhaps you're stuck in the Helsinki airport for a week. I don't know why Helsinki, it just is for a week, right? (laughs) You know, there are times people are unavailable. Something chaotic is happening, but you're seeing a Broadway show, right? There are times you cannot pick up your cell phone and you are unavailable. It could be a couple of hours. It could be for a few days. I think looking at things in a way of who can get information without having to actually go through you as the intermediary because you're actually going to become the bottleneck. So another way to kind of look at this and kind of the approach and the, the framework I've created with Back Up Your Life and Back Up Your Business, it's a triangle, right? And it is document, store, and share. And I think those are really the three things that you really need to think about. Because you need to have the information, you need to have it someplace, and it needs to be a place people know where to get it or who has access to it. When I'm speaking, I always make little jokes because I actually start with store. People think you start with document. No, you need to know what is your trusted system. Where are you putting this information? Then you figure out who's going to get that information, and you want to make sure it's more than just one person. Ideally, you have three people and one person who maybe isn't local. And then once you have the place where you're keeping the information and you know who needs to get it then you get to work on the documentation piece. There are a lot of different ways to approach that. I call it the keys to the castle. Things for people who are like, okay, I'm using a password manager, but where do I keep that information? right? So I can speak specifically for myself. I have what I call my keys to the castle. It is in a fire safe in my home. So it is as protected as it can be from fire. And it has four pieces of information on it. And the four pieces of information Are the password to my phone, the password to my computer, my master last pass password, and also the password to my external hard drive that I use for my business. That is the key. right? If people have that information, they can pretty much get into most of my accounts if they need to get into them. And so that can be one way to be able to approach it. For people, especially if they are people in collaborating within the business, I'm sure you have systems and processes and places you keep information. Is it then having a master place where you tell people where most of the information is, right? if Whether it be if there are certain clients that you're working on on your own, there's so many options that, that we can go through with this, but really being able to see where things are and what is outstanding, for lack of a better term. I have those four
1: passwords and then I'm thinking, okay, but then you have the passwords and so you take a step further and you say, here are the important things you might be wondering if you're accessing this fire safe yes. safe right now. Like here's where my insurance policy is. Here is, you know, all those things that we could start, maybe not in one day, but we could sit down and just write down all the important things that someone might need to know what password to look up in my master password situation to access information they might need on the fly.
2: Yeah. And something that is also great about password managers is you can also use them as part of your storing, right? For that store step. So if we are talking about the store step, what can be really great is using the password manager as a tool in that, right? Because there's usually a note section. Ah, so in the yeah. note section, you can keep information there, their security questions and answers because they will need that for any financial institutions, especially, or if there's anything that is a you know recurring fee, right? You can say if it's monthly, if it's annual, you can say whether it comes from a bank account, whether it comes from a credit card, right? There's a lot of information that you could give people at a glance. Depending on what you use to store, you can use different tools, right? Like I've developed a blueprint. People can use Trello. People can use Evernote. Like there are other things that you can give people what I call that first step document. Mm -hmm. So you can give people a lot of information But it isn't necessarily anything they can do with that information. So this could be great information to potentially share with your employees, for example. So you have your basic business information. You have what type of entity are you? What's your EIN? Those are things that we sometimes need and don't know how to pull out, right? Like Where is a W-9 filled out for your company in case they need to present that to someone? You can have, again, those insurance policies you mentioned, What can also be helpful is being able to share where you bank. Because there's so many options now, whether you're in person or online, you can't just go to the local bank and say, oh, does so-and-so have an account here? You can then say, we have these types of accounts at this bank. Here are the people that can sign on the bank account. Here's where the checkbook is. And again, you're not giving away any information that anyone can do anything nefarious with, but you are giving people information and knowledge so that they, they know where to go. I call it the treasure map for right. lack of a better term because you can give people some of the information. Something else that's really important and I feel especially nowadays, there's so many ways to collect money from our clients, which is kind of incredible, right? But depending on what you take, people may or may not remember where they take that their money in. So something I have my clients do is put generally like the percentage wise, right? Typically, how do people pay you? I had a client who does not usually get paid through PayPal, but a client paid her through PayPal she forgotten six months later, realized that she had $500 sitting in her PayPal account. <laughs> because things like PayPal, you have to initiate the transfer, right? If you use right. Stripe or Square, it'll show up in your bank account. Great. But that's not the case for everything. So being able to let other people know, hey, where do you get money? Or are you an author? Do you get payments through Amazon? Do you have online courses? How does that get paid through? There's so many things. And even for a service-based business that I feel for many businesses has a little bit less overhead than a lot of others because I've worked with people with craft stores, with bakeries, with lawyers, but there's still so much and there's so many details that we just take for granted because it's all in your head.
1: Okay. So I feel like our listeners might be a little overwhelmed with all the things or are like, I want to get these things done and I'll really yeah. feel organized at that point. So, But if you were to leave our listeners with two sticky notes, two action items, just to get them started on this journey of backing up their life and business, what two things would you leave us with?
2: First, take a deep breath. <laughs> but it's a thing that we forget. I feel that we sometimes need what we give our clients, right? The, hey, take a deep breath. It's going to be Okay. Right. (laughs) So just being able to take that reminder. And if this is a priority for you, then you will find a way to get it done, right? The first sticky note I'd say is just start somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So start with that low hanging fruit. Start with the things that are really easy for you to get out and that don't necessarily take a lot. You know, you don't have to go digging for information. Some stuff might just be off the top of your head. And then you can be able to get that in one place very easily. And then the other thing is just keep doing it. I think like our clients too, we get excited about a project and then it kind of fizzles a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how do you create some consistency and remembering that you know what works for you for using the Gretchen Rubin for tendencies. Like I'm a classic obliger, so I need to tell someone else when I'm going to have it done and I'll have it done. Mm -hmm. I'm not good with stuff just for myself. So leverage what works for you, whether it be having an accountability buddy, maybe you can find another NAPO member to be able to work this and you can kind of work together and just break it down and work in pieces and know, is it something you do 25 minutes a week? Is it something you do an hour a month? Whatever you do, just stick with it. And also realize if something isn't working, you haven't failed, you've gathered data. If it doesn't work, okay, great. Try something different. Two great sticky notes.
1: Thank you so much for your time today and for your expertise and to get all of our brains working on what can we do each and every week a little bit just to get our life and our business backed up. So where can our listeners find out more about you
2: and stay connected with you? Thanks. You can find me on my website, letsbackupyourlife.com, L E T S. B A C K U P Y O U R L I F E.com. And there are links to all my social media from there, whether it be Instagram, which is kind of more the fun stuff, or on LinkedIn.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking your time out to be with us today. Listeners, if you're anything like me right now, you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I mean, I have a password manager. I have some notes in there, but I don't yet have a safe in my home where I could give someone the key to my castle that maybe isn't involved with my business but could help should anything ever happen to me. I am very aware of my mortality. And I think it's just important to really take care of us and to take care of our loved ones and our clients should anything happen. I really feel that's a responsibility of ours, even for your clients, right? And having that conversation with them, whether it's face-to-face, whether it's just these little soft touches in a blog post, in a podcast episode that you share, whatever that may be. So I really want you to think, take thats two sticky notes and see what you can just start implementing a little bit each week and stay consistent. I'm Sarah Karakay and That wraps up this episode of Standout. Thanks so much for being here with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast and you're able to walk away with little bits and pieces of information or something valuable, will you leave us a review and hit that subscribe button? Let us know that we're doing our job. We want to reach as many organizing and product Activity pros as possible. So in addition to subscribing and leaving us that review, I'm going to ask you to also share this in any episode with your colleagues, your team, or whoever else might benefit. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then.
0: That's all for today's episode of Standout, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.